And before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. This week's Torah portion is fascinating and challenging. Some parts of it are hard to explain. And I want to focus on one particular verse about the red heifer and the ashes of the red heifer. (laughs) It's in Numbers chapter 19, verse 5. You might want to turn there and compare your translation in your Bible to David Stern's translation. And Stern really captures something. It talks about this red heifer that is supposed to be burned up as an offering and then its ashes are mixed with water to provide purification for those in need of purification, which is everyone, because we all need purification. But this is what it says. The heifer is to be burned to ashes before the eyes of the priest. Its skin, meat, blood, and dung is to be burned to ashes. Now, I particularly like that. (laughs) Because sometimes the crap in life can be used by God to help purify us. (laughs) And I don't think there's any better verse in the scriptures (laughs) that captures that. And if you think life is easy, or someone told you it's easy, This can help you understand what real life is all about. When I, (laughs) and you can substitute your favorite word for dung. (laughs) A lot of the English translations soften it, you know, so it's, you know, like just the entrails, it's like entrails, or awful, whatever. But Stern hits the nail right on the head. It caught my attention that God wants us to understand something. That we need purification, yes. But he doesn't just sanitize things and strip away the hard reality from them. He doesn't just put shine on things that are difficult. He tells us the truth about Yeshua. We can say he's the way. He's the truth and he's the life. And God is sharing with us in this week's Torah portion and in the Haftorah portion as well. Not a sanitized, polite, religious, highly successful picture of life. He's sharing real life with us. And you can read about the the fickleness and the faithfulness that coexisted in Israel. And you can become cynical or stoical, or you can say, ah, it's like too much. But God wants us to understand that he is loving, he is patient, he is enduring with people like us who struggle. People like us who have challenges, who sometimes do our very best and succeed at it, and sometimes we just fall 
flat on our faces. And if you are comparing yourself in the wrong way to others, it will leave you insecure and unstable. I want to encourage you not to do that. The purification that is spoken of here is meant for everyone. So if you're sitting next to someone or near them, just smile at them and say, you need purification too. You need purification too. That makes you feel better, doesn't it? It's like, I'm not the only one, you do too. But the fact is, I need purification. So if you were able to say it to someone else, now say it a different way. I need purification. I need it. Moses needed help. You read about how great he was, how faithful he was, how mighty he was, and then he falls short. And that paints a picture for us. It's not just a picture about Israel, it's a picture about God. God is saying, listen, I'm, I'm perfect, but you guys aren't. But I still love you. And I'm still faithful to you. And I'm gonna keep covenant with you even though you have a hard time keeping covenant with me. And you do your best, but you still need to be cleaned up. How many can relate to that? You put your best effort into growing with the Lord and then you find, oh man, there's stuff. And you realize you've got some dung to deal with. We all do. And that's part of what this passage is about. Well, let's go to Numbers chapter 20. And we'll read about this uh, unending ability of Israel to kvetch. Numbers 20 starting in uh, verse two, because the community had no water, they assembled themselves against Moses and Aaron. That's support, isn't it? The people quarreled with Moses and said, <laughs> okay, just don't raise your hand, don't tell anybody, just ask yourself this question. Have you ever prayed like this where no one could hear you but God? We wish we'd died when our brothers died before the Lord. <laughs> we wish we had died when our brothers died before the Lord. You know, we wish life hadn't gone on. We wish we'd just gotten it over with earlier. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this desert to die there, we and our livestock? Why'd you make us leave Egypt? To bring us to this terrible place without seed, figs, grapevines, pomegranates, or even water to drink and no pizza. Moses and Aaron left the assembly. They went to the entrance of the tent of meeting and they fell on their faces. And the kavod of Adonai, the heaviness, the glory of the Lord, appeared to them. Sometimes all you can do in the midst of difficulty is go somewhere else and fall on your face before the Lord. In the midst of Israel's fickleness, Moses and Aaron seek the Lord. Then on to the next chapter, 
Another incident, Numbers 21, starting in verse 4. And then Israel traveled from Mount Hor on the road toward the Sea of Suf in order to go around the land of Edom. But the people's tempers grew short because of the detour. (laughs) I think I was on a highway recently where people were in that condition. (laughs) The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There's no real food. There's no water. And we're sick of this miserable stuff we're eating. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, and what happens next is poisonous snakes just come in and start biting people. (laughs) And it's almost like this poison inside of people manifests itself in the physical world in this crazy way. People are dying and verse seven, the people come to Moses and they say, we're so sorry. We sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord. (laughs) And I was thinking, you know, if it was me, I'd say, no. No, let's see how this thing goes. (laughs) We'll see how many of you are alive tomorrow, and we'll talk about it. But that's not what Moses did. They said, pray to the Lord that he rid us of these snakes, and Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord answered Moses, and there was a solution. And I thought, well, in the midst of fickleness, we're called to be faithful. But it's not easy. In fact, the portion describes how the fickleness of Israel got the better of Moses. And there was a time when, when he was just so upset with Israel that he really didn't pay attention to the instruction of the Lord. The Lord said, speak to this rock and water will come forward. But Moses hit the rock twice. And the Lord said, you dishonored me in front of everyone. What was the job of Moses? Think about it. It was to honor the Lord. That was it. You see, when we pay attention to the kavod, ha-kavod Adonai, the honor and the glory of the Lord, it has an impact on our reputation and our dignity, our kavod. So the theme develops, Judges chapter 11 is the haftorah portion. And again, you might think about Israel but I want you to think about the Lord. The Lord is saying, let me tell you about my family. My family's a mess. (laughs) And this should be encouraging to anyone who has a family that's a mess. My father used to say, people like to watch soap operas so they can see other people in their misery that's worse than theirs, and that encourages them. Okay, listen to this. So, Yiftach, Japheth, a brave soldier from Gilad, was the son of a prostitute. That's how this begins. His father, Gilad, had other sons by his wife, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Yiftach away, and they told him, you'll not inherit from our father because you're another woman's son. We're legitimate children, and you're a mumser. You're illegitimate. Judges chapter 11, verse 1. So the sons 
drove him away and they told him, you won't inherit from our father because you're another woman's son. And then Yiftach fled from his brothers and lived in the territory of Tov where he enlisted a gang of rowdies who would go out raiding with him. <laughs> and the Lord is sharing this with us. Let me tell you about my kids. Some of them are a mess. So Yiftach is driven away, and he becomes a criminal. A successful criminal. Verse 4. After a while, the people of Ammon made war against Israel, and when the army of Ammon attacked Israel, the leaders of Gilad went to fetch Yiftach from the territory of Tov. And they said to him, pretty please, come and be our chief so that we can fight the army of Ammon. And Yiftach answered the leaders of Gilead, I thought you hated me. He said, don't you hate me so much that you forced me out of my father's house? Why are you coming to me now when you're in trouble? And the answer is obvious, it's because they're in trouble. Why are you coming to me now when you're in trouble? Because we're in trouble. And we see no way out. And you're the best fighter and leader among us. And you're a really successful criminal. Come lead us. <laughs> the leaders of Gilad replied, here's why we've come back to you now. This is like shenanigans. If you lead us in war with the people of Ammon, you'll be head over everyone living in Galad. You see, we kicked you out because we hated you, but here's your chance to get even with all of us. Want to come back? And he says, you betcha. And so he does come back. This is what God is working with. This is who he's working with. And when you read this as if it applies to somebody else, you misread it. When you say, oh, this is what I'm like. And you identify with your own fickleness mixed in with your faithfulness. It helps you understand who God is to you and what he does for you. He's not just saving wretched souls out there. He's saving good old folk. He's saving religious people. He's saving faithful people. He's saving people like you and me. He's saving people who need salvation, and who needs salvation? Everyone. Every one of us needs God's help. And that reminds me of a Haftorah portion that Yeshua read. You know that Yeshua really liked the Torah services. They were a little different than ours in several ways. They didn't use English. They'd never heard of the King James anything. <laughs> they didn't read from books, they had scrolls. <laughs> Will everyone please roll to Isaiah? <laughs> and they were using, in essence, their native language. But there was one Torah service on Yom Shabbat on Saturday in the synagogue where Yeshua reads from Isaiah, Isaiah 61. Let's turn there, in fact, Isaiah 61. 
And he reads this part. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. The word for anointed there is the root word of Mashiach, the anointed one. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To proclaim good news to people who have bad news. To proclaim freedom to people who don't have it. To do for us what we can't do for ourselves. This is part of redemption. It's restoration. It's, it's bringing us back into well-being. And there's an exchange that happens, which is described in the next verse. To comfort all who mourn. So what do you have? You have mourning, sorrow, loss. What does he have? Comfort. To console those who mourn in Zion. No wonder that Yeshua said, blessed are they who mourn, they will be comforted. Don't just bottle it up, it'll go rancid inside of you. To console those who mourn in Zion. And then here's a series of exchanges. To give them beauty for ashes. Think about the ashes of the red heifer. I mean, just think about it. When you think about the ingredients, you've got skin, blood, flesh, and dung. Cooked on a fire until it's ash mixed with water, and someone says to you, this is what we're going to use. And you say, I don't know. <laughs> but that was the plan of the Lord. But what do we have? We have ashes. That's it. What does he have? Beauty. The oil of joy in exchange for mourning. What do we have? Mourning. And what does he have? The oil of joy. That's right. How many of you ever collected baseball cards or any of those kinds of, you know, like superhero cards or, I mean, Chabad even has super rabbi cards. <laughs> they do, yeah. And you can like collect rabbi cards and trade them. The Messianic movement doesn't have anything like that, but. And if you, if you were in that trading mentality, then you remember that you try to come up with a good trade, you know, like, I'll give you, you know, these guys for your card. And if you ever felt like you got a good deal, you know what you're supposed to do. Quietly go away from the one who gave you the deal. <laughs> and then tell everyone. The Lord is saying, I got a deal. What can you trade? And you say, mourning. He says, okay, well, I'll give you the oil of joy for your mourning. <laughs> and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm trading now. 
the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You might not be able to identify what comes over you when you're going through difficulty, but one of the things is the spirit of heaviness. It's just heavy, and not in a glory way, but just a heavy heaviness of heart and of mind where you want to have a positive view, but what do you have? You have heaviness. It's like a dark cloud. How many can relate to that? You don't want to be under it, but you are. And the Lord says, I'll make a trade. Garment of praise. Now it's interesting, the garment of praise requires something. It enables something, but it requires something. You know what it requires? You gotta put it on, and praise requires vocalization and expression, where we start saying good things to the Lord about him and what, he, what he's like and how he has been and how he will be and how he is. It's not wishful thinking. It's rooted in reality. And we start declaring that God has been faithful to rescue us before. How many have had that experience where you've been through hard times and God rescued you? Yeah, so when you go through the next hard time, you know what to do? You remember the last one. Lord, it was difficult, but you brought us through. It was hard, but you, you helped us survive. And you're putting on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. So look at the exchanges that are being offered. You bring ashes, mourning, and the spirit of heaviness, and say, Lord, can we trade? And he says, in Messiah we can. Absolutely, in Messiah. And you might say, but look, I'm not really worth it. And he says, in my eyes you are. In my eyes you are. And I'll give you what I've got that you don't have. I'll take what you have. You can have what I've got. Fair trade? Good exchange, you bet. And so it's time to, to say to the Lord, I need to make a trade. I need to make an exchange, and I don't deserve it. It's not even a fair exchange. But I thank you, Lord. Here's my mourning. I'm going to mourn in front of you. Here is here are the ashes. Here's, here's what I had that's just been reduced to ashes. And here's all that heaviness. Here it is. And he says, okay, put it in a sack and I'll take it away. And here's what I've got. Beauty. The oil of joy. The garment of praise. That's the exchange in Messiah. So when you're thinking, man, I really need something, remember this. It was the red heifer, including the dung, that was transformed into purification. And if you're wondering, why is all this crap happening? <laughs> now you know. 
Now you know. It's connected to purification. (laughs) And that's where we're going to (laughs) end. And I don't even know how to title this podcast message, but... Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for purification. We thank you for the messianic exchange. We thank you for the comfort, for the beauty, for the joy, for the praise that you give to us through Messiah. And we have so little to offer, ashes and mourning and heaviness. But we thank you for your unending love, for your consistent love, and for the way that you break through even when we're fickle. You're faithful. Let it be, Lord, that we become faithful, filled up with faith and hope as we remember your goodness. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Would you please rise? Hmm? Yes, I was going to ask you, you're like, well, what was the message? (laughs) You'll know. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom, y'all.